0: My teenage years were haunted by Gethsemane. For a serious-minded 14-year-old, this was the ultimate display of godly devotion. Here in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26 is Christ leading the way in the school of prayer, showing us how to give it all up for God. In desperation, he prostrates himself before the Father. He pours out his soul. He offers everything to God, no matter the cost, and he declares, Thy will be done. Well, then, What's a good Christian boy to do but to follow in his footsteps? And so that's what I tried. Night after night, year after year, I prayed what I considered to be Gethsemane prayers. God, take me, use me, your will be done. I expected heaven to open or perhaps an angel to attend me, or at least a funny feeling in my stomach, some sign that I had been heard. But I got nothing. So I prayed again, this time more fervently. Still nothing. So I decided to pull out all the stops. I went outside at dead of night, the way that Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And I would find the scariest clearing in a forest, and I would fall prostrate before God. Take me, use me, your will be done. And the response from heaven? Nothing, nothing that I could see. After a thousand of such prayers, I came to the conclusion that God didn't want me. So I didn't want him. I left home to have as good a time as I could without him. Yet a few years later, the Lord brought me back through this same passage. Our Bible study came to Matthew 26 from verse 36, and, and there we read these words. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, then may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. We studied this passage in my Bible study, and as we were about to embark on studying these verses, I, I said to the Bible study leader, I just, I just can't handle this. This is, this is too much. I feel so daunted by this passage of Scripture. And the Bible study leader said, daunted? Why, why daunted? And I said, well, I, I just don't think I can pray Gethsemane prayers the way that Jesus did. I just don't think I've got that level of commitment. And my Bible study leader said, you don't think you can pray the way Jesus did? Glenn, do you think you're Jesus? And of course, I didn't like to say yes to that. But but to be honest, when it came to how I read the Bible and when it came to this passage from the Garden of Gethsemane, I did put myself in Jesus' shoes. I didn't know any other way to read this passage. I didn't know any other way to read the Bible. I thought, well, aren't we meant to copy Jesus? What would Jesus do? He would give it all up to God. So that's what we must do, right? Give it all up to God. My Bible study leader corrected me. He said, Glenn, in this story, you are not Jesus. You know who you are? You are Peter. And what's Peter doing? He's weak, he's useless, he's faithless, he's Peter. He ought to be praying, he ought to watch and pray. And he wants to, his his spirit makes him willing, but his flesh is oh so weak. He may have the spirit of Christ that wants to pray, but he has the flesh of Adam, which takes him down into death and despair. And so like Peter, I too am constantly falling asleep on the watch. My spirit is willing. My flesh is weak. But my hope is Jesus, who even in all my weakness prays for me. And that's the meaning of this story. It's the meaning of the scriptures. I am not the center. Christ is. I am not the faithful, obedient one. Christ is. My hope is not my self-offering to God. My hope is Christ's self-offering to God. And while I sleep and fail and flee and even deny Him, Christ is praying for me. Though my flesh is so weak, the spirit of Christ is stronger. Christopher Idol puts this this, uh, passage so well to song. When you prayed beneath the trees, it was for me, O Lord. When you cried upon your knees, it was for me, O Lord. When in blood and sweat and tears you dismissed your final fears. When you faced the soldiers' spears, you stood for me, O Lord. When their triumph looked complete, it was for me, O Lord. When it seemed like your defeat they could not see, O Lord. When you faced the mob alone, you were silent as a stone, and a tree became your throne, you came for me, O Lord. When you stumbled up the road, you walked for me, O Lord. When you took your deadly load, that heavy tree, O Lord. When they lifted you on high, and they nailed you up to die, and when darkness filled the sky, it was for me, O Lord. When you spoke with kingly power, it was for me, O Lord. In that dread and destined hour, you made me free, O Lord. Earth and heaven heard you shout, death and hell were put to rout. For the grave grave could not hold out, you are for me, O Lord.